had all gone according to Satan's plan. Way back in Genesis chapter 3, Satan had got exactly what he wanted to get out of that situation. He went before Adam and Eve and said, If I am a miserable, lost demon, then I am going to make sure that you too are miserable and lost. If I am defeated, I am going to make sure that you also are defeated. And sure enough, that's exactly how it went. You read Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. And it's hard to see anything besides Satan won, God and humanity nothing. But then there's verse 15. God swings right back and tells Satan, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon will be the day when I throw a punch that will knock you on your rear end. And we see the beginning of that in Matthew today. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, we see how God shows to us through his son that Satan does not have the final word on this world, that he doesn't have the final word on the temptations that we feel in this world. No, God himself in Christ has the final word. God sends a champion. Not just a champion to win for him some glory, but a champion to win for us. Defeated, broken us. A championship that we did not deserve. Let's get something pretty, pretty straight right off the top as we talk about Jesus' temptations in the wilderness. It says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are this, oh, I'm sorry. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Brothers and sisters, know this. There is absolutely nothing fake or superficial about the hunger. There is nothing fake or superficial about the temptations. The temptations that Christ was about to face were as real as the ones that you and I face in our lives. The difference is Christ did not have that sinful nature inside of him to cling to those temptations. And yet, those temptations were just as real as the ones that you and I face. Satan thought that that he could get the better of Christ. He thought that him being in a, a compromised position like being 40 days hungry would weaken him. I mean, we could imagine that would be rather easy. When we go to our favorite restaurant and the kitchen takes an extra 15 minutes, my crankiness goes from here to here, doesn't it? 40 days, no chance. (laughs) No, he thinks he has Christ in this vulnerable state, and yet it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the world. Why the temptations so willingly? Why would, why would God send him out into the desert to go through that? One, because the Father in heaven knew how this story ended. He knew that he wasn't going to fall into the temptation. He knew that he was going to stand firm. And two, because Jesus wanted to show Satan that his power was broken when faced by Christ. 
And he wanted to show you and I that the power of Satan is broken when he faces Christ. It is this this ultimate comfort, this beautiful moment that says not just something about Jesus, but it says something about us. Because Jesus was able to break the bonds, the chains that Satan would throw over the top of him in temptation, he breaks yours as well. Satan starts with a temptation that is kind of meant to play on Jesus' temporary weaknesses. It says, The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word from the mouth of God. Satan wanted Jesus to, to see this as the only way out. If you are truly who you say you are, why would you not pick up out of this present state in which you find yourself. You kind of see that, that go back to, to Genesis too, don't you? Where Satan tells Eve her, her wants and her needs, and, and he says, well, if you want it, if you need this, why not reach out and grab it? And when he faces Jesus with those perceived wants and needs, where does Jesus go? He goes to scripture. He goes to Deuteronomy and he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is he saying here besides, I am not the one who sustains myself? It is God. I do not need to use my divine powers in order to make sure I'm okay because I know with 100% certainty that I am not the one who satisfies my needs. That position belongs to God. Imagine that the Son of God, God himself, is willing to say, you know what? I don't need to do this for myself. I'm going to trust God. How much more does that make us weak mortals want to to trust God ourselves? How much more would, would God put forth as he sustains the creation that he loved enough to save? Okay, so that one didn't work. That temptation fell flat. So Satan says, then, the devil, then it says, the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Did you see what Satan did there? So he saw Jesus counter him with the word of God, and so Satan thinks that he is going to shoot one back in Jesus' face and bring the word of God. But he twisted it. He changed it. He he made it ugly. He, He put it out there in front as you know what, Jesus, you have to prove to yourself and you have to prove to me and to everyone else that will ever hear about the event that the Lord your God actually has your back. You see the parallel in Genesis chapter 3? As he makes Eve think, he makes Adam and Eve think that the Lord, their God, did not have their best interests in mind 
Instead, instead, they'd have to figure those things out for themselves. Satan says, you'll not surely die. Even though God had given a command and, and had said that they would surely die. Satan holds his word against God's word. Adam and Eve fall into sin. Our Lord and conqueror, Jesus, stands firm. Okay, so that one didn't work. So, so Satan finally takes one last shot at Jesus, and he tries to put himself in the place of God here. It says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus, if you want the prestige, if you want the power, if you want the dominion, you just have to fall down and worship me, and all of these things will be yours. First, Satan was promising something he did not have. But it's that same promise that he put out to, to Adam and Eve. Trust me, and you will be happy. Trust me, and you will gain all sorts of, of wisdom and power. And Adam and Eve looked at Satan, and, and he, they looked at that fruit and saw that it was pleasing for the eye and, and good for gaining wisdom. And what did they say? I'm going to follow Satan rather than I, my God who loves me. We're all led by something. We are either led by the lies of Satan and the lies of this world, or we are led by our Father in heaven. And in that moment, Adam and Eve chose to be led by lies. And Jesus, faced with the same choice, well, you already know how that goes. Get away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. We talk about our need for a champion. A champion for the defeated. And it starts all the way back in the garden. Eve hears the lies of Satan and she buys them. And, and you could start to kind of think to yourself, wow, loser. Adam is nowhere to be found when his wife needs him most. You could certainly think to yourself, wow, you loser. And then they think that they're going to hide from God. Losers. And then they, then they try to blame one another, the spouse that God has put in their life, you, you losers. And then God comes to them with those curses, with those harsh, strong words and says, yes, by what you've done, Adam and Eve, you have made yourself defeated. You have made yourself losers. And no, that's not uttered from a pulpit in which, in which is void of a, of a loser. Throughout our lives, we know what God has to say to us. We know the temptations that dwell in our lives and in our hearts, the things that always seem to trip us up, and yet, loser. 
And then when we're, when we're confronted with that sin, we don't just say, you know what, you're right, my God, please forgive me. What do we do so often? We, we lie about it. We lie to our God and to our friends and to our family. How can you think of anything but, but loser? And when that doesn't work, when the lie just doesn't seem to stick, that's when we start to pull out the blame game. We blame those around us. And if that doesn't seem to work, who do we blame? God himself. You put this person in my life. God, how could you? You allowed me to fall into this circumstance. How could you? Why would you let this happen to me, God? God, my actions are your fault. Loser. Defeated. And broken. And it's for that reason that we see our champion going forward and saying, I will not be the loser that you think that I could be, Satan. I'm going to conquer you. I'm going to defeat you. I'm going to defeat your lies. That promise that is uttered in Genesis is the one that we see fulfilled in our reading for today. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. No, this isn't the final nail in the coffin by any stretch of the imagination. That, that final defeat for Satan comes on Good Friday when Jesus says it is finished. But today we see how Satan is not winning the battle against our Lord. He loses. And Jesus says, my victory is not my victory alone. My victory is your victory. For all of the times in which we, we sort of spiral out of control and, and we trip and fall all over the temptations and the sins in our lives, Jesus says, you know what? I have resisted all of those things and I've done so for you. I've obeyed my Father's will perfectly for you. Yes, that is, that is the Lord that we have. Jesus felt real temptation because he was true man. But Jesus was still able to stand up under that temptation because he was true God. That's the Savior we needed. We needed a, a Savior who was able to look temptation dead in the eyes and say, no, thank you. No, thank you. There is a higher calling to which I am called, and that is a calling of salvation. Our Savior refuses to lose, and he refuses to lose because he knows how high the stakes are. If Jesus in the wilderness doubts for one moment, it's over. If Jesus in the wilderness thinks that Satan is right, for one millisecond, call it. The war is lost and Satan rules supreme. But brothers and sisters, it didn't happen. Not for one moment did our Lord Jesus fall into, tem into temptation or give in to those lies that you and I have given in to time and time again. The temptation was real. And the perseverance 
of our Lord Jesus on your behalf, that was real too. So that he could go to the cross sinlessly. So that he could take all of the temptations and the givens that you and I have had in our lives and he could shoulder them and carry them to the cross to wipe them out as one last cry, it is finished, Satan, you are defeated. That's the champ we need. We don't need a, a how-to manual as to how to get through temptation. We needed to see our Savior get through temptation himself so that we could know he's our Savior. But I guess that makes us wonder then, what do we do? In our lives, when, when temptation roars against us, what do we do? Maybe there's, there's something, to be, something to be seen in verse 11. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended to him. You don't fight by yourself. God does not kick you out in front of Satan luck with those temptations. No, God made sure to attend to the needs of Jesus, and, and, and he does the exact same thing for you and I. He attends to our needs in, in our moment of greatest needs. So maybe a few things to keep in mind when we're facing down temptation in our life. First, we got to know the enemy. Brothers and sisters, Satan is powerful. No, he's not as powerful as our Lord Jesus who sits on high, but, but he is powerful. He and all of the demons are, are very real, and their, their temptations are very real. And, and at the very least, one thing that we can do is not so along with it. To avoid those moments in which we find ourselves on an island with nothing between us and Satan except our willpower. And we've got to know the enemy, know his tricks. But then, then we've got to know how to refute him. The exact same way that Jesus did. Did you notice that every single time Satan threw another thing at Jesus. What did he do? Back to the word. That is our armor. That is our shield. That is our defense. And that's why we do so many things here at church. That's why we have church on Sunday. That's why we have Bible class on Wednesday, Friday nights, and Peace Academy. And that's why we have devotions at home and personal devotions on the way to work. That's why we do family devotions with kids. Because the more we are equipped with the word of God, the more weapons we have in our holster, that when Satan says, you need this, you are insufficient in this, or when he says, God is this or that, we can say, no, he's not. This is who God is. He is the sum of all of his promises to me. And finally, brothers and sisters, when you're facing temptations... Know that your God is merciful. I think a lot of people fall into this, this way of taking on temptations by just trying to throw over the head and say, no, stop it. But that doesn't do the job. No, know that your Lord Jesus is, is merciful and that, and that he's freed you from that temptation. 
When you're faced with that, that moment where you choose, am I going to follow my Lord or am I going to follow the lies of this world? Know that God has freed you from the lies of this world. They don't need to dominate your life. And they don't need to, to flatten your conscience. Your God is merciful to you. Those times that we do fall into temptation, those times in which we do slip and fall and make just an absolute mess of our lives, the mercy of God remains the same. Temptation is real. And on so many days of my life, I know I get defeated. And if we're all honest with ourselves, on so many days of, of your lives, you are defeated. In those moments, turn and face your conquering champion. And let his words, his love, be your battle cry as you face temptation in your life. Amen.